This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project. You listen to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Real Wealth, and it's our pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Nick Stewart from the Stewart Group in Hastings. How are you going, Nick? Very good, thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Can you believe it? We're saying Happy New Year, but a whole month has gone by. <laughs> How was your break? Good? Fabulous, thank you. Yeah, an amazing summer. Good on you. Yes, me and Cracker all right now. Stewart Group, being in business for 32 years, must be doing something right. Just to remind our listeners, Nick, what do you guys actually do down at the Stewart Group? Sure. Well, we, uh, we provide um, investment, uh, insurance and KiwiSaver financial services to uh, people in Hawke's Bay and mm-hmm. across wider New Zealand and a few folk abroad. Yeah, and uh, like I say, 32 years, it's a long haul, years. isn't it? It is a long haul, yeah. My, uh, my father um, went, went out on his own, independent, and, um, many, many years ago when I was a young fellow. And uh, yeah, 32 years now. So 32 years in the making. And we're still just spring chickens. We've got many things to do ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what are the financial services that you offer? I mean, financial services, what does that mean? Okay, okay. So um, wide range of services. So we provide um, services to businesses uh, and individual consumers. So for an individual, um, you know, they may come to us and they're, um, they might be 50 years of age. And, you know, they want to know, are they on track? You know, they, they'd like to retire at age, um, you know, 65 mm-hmm. or possibly a little bit younger or older. And they want to know, are they on track? What can they do to optimise their position so that they know they've got 100% certainty that they can enjoy the next three decades? Because, you know, the average yeah. Kiwi lives till about mid-90s. So That's when right. you hang your shingle up at age 65... Three decades is a darn long time. It's a long time. So, you know, if the average Kiwi, you know, gets educated, goes out there, has children, etc., and so at age 30, 35, you start saving. So what, the first 35 years of your life, you're educating and getting yourself nestled in. You've then got another 30 to 35 years to create the wealth that's going to power you up for your final 30 to 35 years. And when you think about it in those terms, some planning and seeking some guidance is very appropriate. Absolutely right. Now, that word retirement, I mean, can you imagine being retired, Nick? No, I can't. And, and it's, it's, it's actually it's a really good little thread. Let's just head down that angle where if a lot of the studies we've seen, you know, going cold turkey and retiring at 60 or 65 is actually not good for yourself. No. Um, you, know, it's a, you know, you lose your mana. You know, your self-esteem, that drive that keeps you going. And, in fact, you know, lo- the longevity studies, uh, this is a behavioural finance element, would show that it's actually best to stay employed in some form. Just keep a hand in, mm. because a lot of people, when they do go cold turkey, they um, yeah, it, sh- it, it shows that it's not good and mm. that your longevity actually declines, and a lot of people actually suffer um, ill health as a result. Yeah, and also, I mean, looking at a personal relationship that you have with your partner, all of a sudden you're at home all day every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that, 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 that can be quite startling and, and let's, right. you know if uh, a period of 35 years your spouse has been playing tennis golf yeah. doing his his or her own thing and all of a sudden you turn up one day and say hey what are we doing today <laughs> and they say 
Um, well, actually, you know, we you know we don't play tennis with five people. We play tennis with four, <laughs> and we don't have a spare slot. So, what do you do today? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, what are we going to talk about today, Nick? Um, well, I thought we'd just talk about a couple of things that we covered towards the year, at the year end last year. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin, etc. Because yes. there's been some huge developments in that area. Um, which are kind of startling. For example, you know, Bitcoin's now trading it down about eleven thousand, yes. just over eleven thousand US dollars. And it was over twenty. Yep, correct. And a lot of people were scrambling to get in. Mm. And it, here we are, and it's only, and we're talking weeks. Yes. And here we are. A lot of people are now trying to get out. And you know, there's I was listening to some podcasts uh, last week, uh, just about there's been a massive spike in London in the buying of gold. Mm. And the people buying the gold are people trying to get out of Bitcoin. Yeah. So what? You paid your $20,000 to buy a Bitcoin. Now you want to get out as quickly as you can to buy gold. You know, talk about, um, you know, um, you know, catching a falling knife, as they say. You sure. know, you've uh, bought on the high, sell on the low. Uh, you know, um, rinse and repeat until broke. <laughs> you know, ra- you know, rather frightening. And, and look, it was only, uh, I think it's now it's about 36, 48 hours ago. Um, one of the world's largest houses of um, Bitcoin. In other words, they look after people's Bitcoin. Mm. Suffered a half billion dollar hack. Yeah, and they were talking about cold wallets and hot wallets. What are they? Actually, I'm not actually um, I'm not familiar with the term hot and cold, but I'm aware of the uh, you know aware of the you know the wallet system, um, and it, you know it is quite complicated to mm. set it up. But yes, it's the wallet system in some of these it, with some of these. One of the 500 odd currencies globally, cryptocurrencies. There are so many you, they come popping up, popping up like different different coloured flowers in, in your garden. Um, but it's through the wallet system and the custody of the Bitcoin that these the thefts have occurred. And these are, you know, a half billion dollar theft. I mean, that's 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 slightly larger than Ross Asset Management in New Zealand. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of tin. Ross Asset Management was 440 million. I wonder if people like yourself could see the writing on the wall months ago with uh, with Bitcoin, but is it a bit like? I mean, just to go back to that, yeah. uh, the people who were advocating Bitcoin was going to be uh, the future. They were saying that um, it's going to replace money, but you can't beat old good old fashioned money, can you? Correct. Yeah, yeah, correct. And you know, we've used it for an incredibly long period of time, um, coinage, um, but. But when we think about Bitcoin, now, I, and this is a little bit like going back and thinking about the internet. You know, you remember America Online, mm. uh, et cetera. You know, you know, amazing, you know, early pioneers of the internet. Well, they don't exist today. No. doesn't mean it was a bad thing that they were doing. The underlying technology is amazing, and it permeates all through business in our lives today, the internet. Um, you know, if you explain to, if I explain to our um, nine-year-old son that the internet uh, didn't exist, um, you know, you know, not that long ago, you know, he wouldn't understand that concept. Nor yeah. would he understand the fact that it was only a short time ago that not everyone had a phone no, exactly. or a television. Yeah. So if we look at the underlying technology, let's say there's 500 cryptocurrencies today. I mean, there might be one or two that survive, if that. But the underlying technology is clearly now permeating itself across a number of functions. You know, it's 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 very clever; it works well. Mm. Um, you know, much like the internet was. You know, the um, you know you know companies 
um, you know, companies do disappear. But it doesn't mean the underlying technology is no. right. It just means the business model that they had, um, you know, created and, and built their structure on, um, you know, just wasn't quite right at the time. Like, say, 500 cryptocurrencies, um, and they, mm. most of them will fall by the wayside. What's fundamentally wrong with cryptocurrency? Why is it falling over? Why... Why did people embrace it like a whatever, like a rash, and all of a sudden it's like a leper? Get rid of it. Okay, well, it's a lot of it is based around greed mm. because of the fact that you know a um, a currency is a means of exchange, um, and you know it, it can be a store of wealth. Well, it is a store of wealth, but when you reflect on the fact that people were buying this because of the fact that they yeah they were speculating, um, that that's a different story. And the and, and the article hasn't gone to press yet, but I did have to make a, a, a statement a week ago, and that was you know I and I reflected on the fact that I was really surprised that a lot of the people that were buying into cryptocurrencies were folk that were either DIY type investors, you know they like mm-hmm. to do it yourself. Um, there were also a lot of people who were um, that kind of conspiracy theorist type approach, mm-hmm. and they wanted to go off grid, etc. But they're also a lot of the folk that would talk to me about it, uh, just socially. They were also folk that were very much into ethical, ethical investments at the same mm-hmm. time, which I found I found really puzzling mm. because in my trip to uh, Israel last year with the, the government-led cyber delegation, we were shown a number of major global cyber hacks, where the successful hacks that took place in the previous years, and they're all paid through Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Then, then the fact that human human trafficking globally, a lot of it settled through Bitcoin, and a lot of major crime is wow. done using Bitcoin as the um, as the, the 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 means of exchange. So I look at it, and I, I was really surprised that folk were so keen to get involved in it, and yet on the other side, that it's effectively. Some would say, I did have someone quote this to me over the break, that it's a little bit like you're trading in blood diamonds. Yeah, that's true, exactly. I heard on the news this morning that uh, with that hack that you mentioned, yes. that the, the providers of the cryptocurrency are hoping to pay back at least 90% of the uh, bitcoins or the money that was hacked. How do they do that? I mean, where is the money? It's not like they're going to get it back, is it? Well, I guess it's pretty easy to make it. it? (laughs) I was just going to say, I guess it's pretty easy to make a a press statement. Um, But, you know, to to find down the back of your couch 90% of half a billion dollars, that's another. That's right. So, you know, a lot of these things, you know, like the Mount Gox case in Japan, which was at the time about, a, I think Mm. it was a 450 million US hack, which today is billions in today's Mm -hmm. um, valuation, even at 11,000 because Bitcoin was a lot cheaper back then, the money's never turned up. They still haven't found out where it went to. So the money, the cryptocurrency, they still don't know where it is. It's gone. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, some people might be thinking, here's an opportunity. Uh, Cryptocurrencies, uh, six months ago, 20 US dollars. Now they're 11. Let's go and buy some more. Because that's what happens in the share market, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, but... The, yeah, the difference with the share market is that you've got a you know you've got living, breathing corporate entities that are that are functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you can either partake on um, one side of the balance sheet with equity. Um, you know the other side with debt. You can buy the corporates bonds. But I mean, you know, these entities uh, actually trade and function. They generate profits, revenue. They employ people. They function in society. Um, you know, speculating on a new form of currency. 
uh, that is a very, very different different mm. kettle of fish, different animal. Yeah. If it falls over altogether, and the, when the dust settles, who's going to be smiling? No one. Uh, the person that had sold prior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, um, something else I'd like to uh, like to mention that's currently going through, and that's you know the um, you know the new US um, proposed uh, corporate tax rate yes. and what that's doing for the US stock market, which has been absolutely phenomenal. You know, the US stock market mm. is going absolutely gangbusters. Um, you know, we track this, you know, on a daily basis because we have more exposed to the US than we have to New Zealand. You know, yeah. New Zealand represents 0.67 of 1% of the world market, whereas the US is 52%. Yeah. <laughs> hence, hence, we have less in New Zealand um, than we do in the US. So, you know, they're talking about taking their tax rate to 21%, and it has been 35 So... So what that actually does, it makes the U.S. a much more attractive place to invest. Mm. Uh, and and a lot of U.S. corporations are announcing that they're going to repatriate their cash yes. because U.S. corporates currently hold $3.8 trillion of profits mm. offshore. Now, if they hold them offshore and they don't repatriate them, they don't trigger U.S. tax. But at 21%, corporates such as Apple only a couple of weeks ago have announced we're going to bring the profits home, which is um, vindicates the strategy, but it's also underpinning the growth and the platform that the current U.S. administration is driving. What happens to those financial institutions where that money is currently held when someone goes and says to them, OK, I'm going to take out $10 trillion and put it in my bank in America, please? What happens there? Well, um, naturally, the, the, the institutions offshore that are holding that cash, um, it disappears, uh, disappears from their custody and care, and they'll need to replace that elsewhere. Or what? What happens to them? Well, if it was a banking organisation, that means that they need to shrink the size of their lending book accordingly mm-hmm. because they no longer have those, call them deposits, you know, like um, you know, debentures, deposits, etc. Yeah, they no longer have those, so they need to balance. They need you need to balance up your your book, yeah. so to speak. Is that the sort of action that can create um, a recession in those countries that have been holding that that amount of money? Is it that oh, serious it, or not? It can trigger that effect, but um, well, we, you've seen that with some of the kind of the uh, second and third tier uh, countries globally, where um, we term it hot cash. Hot cash disappears out of those currencies. Uh, for, that happened uh, to the Russians in the late 1990s, where a lot of short-term hot money was there because the Russians were paying phenomenally high interest rates. And, you know, it was quite cyclical in nature. Mm. And when people felt that Russia wasn't such a great place to go, they took the cash out quite quickly. And, yes, it did cause a recession in Russia. Now, of course, Donald Trump, speaking about America, Mm. he's he's taking the credit for uh, the boom times that are happening in the States at the moment. He's probably got a good point, hasn't he? And should, yeah. we, should we be following suit with our taxation, do you think, here in New Zealand? Uh, well, yeah, that's <laughs> Let's a get political. very, very good question. Because, <laughs> because what happens is when, when a small minnow in the pond, someone like New Zealand lowers its tax rate, um, and when I'm talking not just lowering it, but really dropping the bar on mm. it, because, you know, going from, say, you know, going from 35 to 21 is a big number. But when a large player in the world does it, then it has a sizable effect. 
So where you've got, you know, um, corporate, you know, corporate, uh, the corporate tax rate on New Zealand is 28%. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you know, our friends over the ditch in Australia, it's pretty much the same. But when a large corporate like a, a large player such as the United States lowers theirs by a full 7% below ours, we have to take notice. Absolutely. You just have to because it's a, it's a game changer. And, um, you know, capital, capital, just investment capital, just like human capital, moves yeah. quickly. What impact does it have on uh, the investments that uh, the steward group would recommend to a client when taxation changes dramatically like that? So what are the good things and the bad things that can happen? So all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of money available to be spent in personally – but what happens to the markets? What happens to the property market? What happens to the share market? Well, we're going to see some of those kind of... The, the, the ultimate manifestation of that is New Zealand's um, uh, tax review, which mm. is going to be mm-hmm. headed by uh, Sir Michael Cullen um, um, in this next period ahead of the uh, Labour-Greens NZ First Coalition. That's coming up. But we're probably talking about more tax, aren't we? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not actually sure that they've actually said that. I think they're talking about uh, diversifying the tax structure. Mm. Uh, which I know that uh, you know, um, Dr. Cullen talked about a long time ago. Um, it, you know, National spoke about it as well. Um, most people have nibbled around the edges. I would perceive that it's going to be slightly different this time. This will be a comprehensive review. Um, so I'm not sure that it actually will increase. But mm. but going back to the corporate mm. tax, the, you know, if global players are lowering their rates and you don't follow suit it naturally makes it more advantageous for a corporate where they're looking, hey, where shall we domicile our head mm. office? Well, you don't choose a country where it's punitive on tax, no. which is well, that built the Irish tiger. Ireland, mm. you know, really jumped the gun with everyone. Very, very clever. And um, because no one else followed suit, they reaped the benefits. So what happens? I mean, the, if the government decide, OK, let's drop the tax to say the same as what America's doing... Where do they get the extra money from? From external investment. <laughs> Is that, no. It doesn't naturally flow on that you the investment is going to come here. You either take, you d- for the short period of time, you either take a lower tax mm-hmm. take or you need to levy other members of the tax community with mm. more tax. Yes. Okay. So, you know, if you lower one, it needs to be replenished elsewhere. Otherwise, you run at a deficit for a period of time until such time as the growth catches you up. And that's a little bit of what the U.S. is planning. How long does that growth take? And to put a, a term on it, is that, uh, if it happened, just say it happened next year, um, will we be looking at one, two, five, ten years before we saw? Um, well, it, it, it depends on the quantum, depends mm. on the numbers that are run, but that's something that um, that Treasury run very, very heavily. And I'm, I'm sure they won't make the same mistake that they had to announce that they made the other day with their yeah. fat finger error on a code. Yeah. <laughs> Does it become a race to the bottom of the heap, though? Because, I mean, if we try and keep mm. up with uh, other countries, unless we go below what they've got to attract investment, where do you stop? That's, you're spot on with your comment because a lot of people have made that made that statement. It's the same with um, income tax. If other countries, you know, it, it can be the first man to the bottom. Mm. But... The fact is that we have um, spending, in other words, expenditure, Mm -hmm. um, pensions, et cetera, that we need to pay, social services, courts, justice, and such like military spending. So we know that you actually cannot go down to zero. There's a point where every country has to have a certain amount of tax take. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It does stop. Yeah. Interesting times ahead. Yeah. Yeah, really exciting. 
Are you and excited about the next uh, three years? Yeah, I am. Yeah, no, I think it's good. Look, um, particularly as a Hawke's Bay resident, mm-hmm. citizen, I mean, Hawke's Bay, we're in a real purple patch. Um, and it's, I should probably say a red patch, given the, yeah. fact that, <laughs> given the fact that we grow so many apples, beautiful red apples and stone fruit. But, um, look, we're in an amazing position. There's a lot of investment has gone in in Hawke's Bay over the last five years. And it's investment that we all get to see with our naked eye when we drive through Hawke's Bay. You can see what's happening. And it's the investment that carries you through the downturns. And, look, you know, just like there'll be a, you know, at the moment we're all enjoying 28 degrees of temperature, yeah. beautiful northeasterly winds. You know what? A southerly is always just around the corner. <laughs> and, and then, you know what, after the southerly it goes warm again. And, look, it'll be the same with yeah, the economy. Of course. But we're in a really good, you know, Hawke's Bay is in a, it's, it's running really, really well. Yeah, we're in a good place, aren't we? We are, yeah. Just about out of time, Nick, just remind our listeners, we want to come and see you at the Stewart Group for any financial advice. Uh, it's, it's all about shares, it's about insurance, it's about investing your cash, property. You do the whole thing, don't you? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're a holistic-based firm mm-hmm. um, for, for everything other than risk management. We're a fee-only practice, which is very unique. We're an independent family business, mm-hmm. which, again, is unique um, in the financial services community. But we're, lo- we're located in the Black Basalt Stone Building with the big tartan logo at 204 Academy Road. And um, we make some good coffee, and the first chat, which we call a roll-up-your-sleeve session, is always free of charge, and uh, it's always good to meet new people and have a chat and see if we can add some value to their world. Good on you, Nick. As was a pleasure. Look forward to talking to you again sometime in the very near future. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project.